This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, we are also on 96.7 FM. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. With me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. How are you doing this morning, Naz? Great, Wally. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Uh, waiting for the next Leafs game. It's been a while since the last one. I yeah, don't know. Because you always had that schedule again. Yeah, a week. A week. It's been a week in the middle of the My season. I, I, I don't know what happened with the scheduling guys this year. But, you know uh, what? They play four games in five nights, and then they're off for a week. Does that make any sense? Well, you know, I guess they got to improve the algorithms and the software that uh, try to put the schedule together. I'm sure it's not the easiest thing to put together. You know, I posted it, and everybody's blaming Bettman for it. Is it Bettman? <laughs> I'm sure he gets blamed for everything. You know, I, I guarantee you Bettman's got absolutely nothing to do with putting that schedule together, and I'm sure it's got everything to do with... With some some computer software programmer and uh, uh, you know the schedulers can only deal with the dates that the teams are give them and the, the availability of the facilities and uh, for some strange reason we can probably blame some computer program that uh, turned out the Leafs didn't play for a week. Well, but anyways, well, uh, Tampa Bay may, must not be happy. They play here Tuesday and yeah. they have to play three games in four nights. They played Washington last night. They played Columbus uh, today, right? And then they come to Toronto, right? Come to Toronto. So, uh, Monday and then come to Toronto. So they play three games in four nights themselves. So I want to ask you, Naz, is the Garrett Sparks era over in uh, in the Toronto uh, Toronto for now? I mean, uh, he he's he's done well coming up. I believe he's got a 3 and one record. Uh, Bernier has been burning up the American Hockey League. Sent him down for a rehab stint and uh, they didn't even score on him. Three, three straight three shutouts. Shutout. Yeah. So... Word has it he's coming back to uh, coming back to the big team uh, Tuesday I hear, night. I heard he's starting Tuesday night. Starting Tuesday night. I yeah. would have thought they would have put Reimer in I that. think Reimer's still hurt a bit, and they're yeah. going to start uh, Bernier. Well, you know, he's the guy they're paying a lot of money to. So, you know, certainly, you know, he's done his three games down there. Hopefully he's picked up uh, picked up some confidence. Uh uh, you know, we've uh, it's been easy to be critical of Jonathan Bernier this year. Uh Certainly has let the team down at certain points in the season. Although in the past uh, uh, he showed that he can play the play the game at a high level. So if he can resurrect the Jonathan Bernier from a couple of years ago, that certainly uh, certainly would be helpful to the Toronto Maple Leafs. If you've got a Bernier uh, Reimer one-two punch that can uh, that can uh, turn away some pucks uh, under Babcock's system. You know, anything's possible, Naz. I mean, we were going through the uh, 
through the NHL and what's going on this year in this in this age of mediocrity, as I call it, uh, any team can make the NHL. Yeah, the parity is Sorry, like every team is in the playoff hunt. You know, Buffalo is doing well. They beat LA last night, two one in overtime, and they're there. There, all these teams. Arizona's there. Edmonton is now there. Anybody can make. Carolina has gone on a five game winning streak. They're there. So who knows who's going to make the playoffs? So the Leafs could make it, could do it too. Any one of those teams could be in. You know what? Leafs get a hot goaltender um, under the Babcock system. They get a little uh, some some key scoring at the right times. Stay away from injuries to uh, certain key players. Although uh, I don't know which you know whoever goes down. I'm not sure how much of a difference. Well, you it's can almost make. be sure be sure that Lupo will go down again after <laughs> coming back Tuesday night. <laughs> that guy is so injury prone. Uh, boy, I, oh boy. I tell you. Yeah, he's uh certainly has problems keeping the injury bug away. Anyways, Tuesday night. Tampa Bay. Uh there's a there's a certain gentleman on that Tampa Bay team that's attracting a lot of media attention. Certainly it's going to start getting hyped up when the media fire wagon starts on him tomorrow when he comes to Toronto. Mr. Steven Stamkos. Mr. Steven Stamkos has not signed a contract. With the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, his uh, his group, I believe it's uh, Newport Sports Management, if I'm not mistaken, it and is. Steve Eiserman have not been able to come to terms so far. Steven Stamkos is in the prime of his career. He is going to be an unrestricted free agent on July 1st, and the rumor mills are suggesting, and we uh, we were probably ahead of this one, Naz, because we started talking about this a year and a, a half ago, a, over a year ago, saying. Uh, uh, we believe that Steven Stankos may be wearing blue and white next year, but it may not be Tampa Bay blue and white. Uh, uh, your thoughts on that, Ness? Well, I think uh, there's no question that he's not going to be back in Tampa Bay. There's a good possibility he will be a Leaf, but you never know. Now, uh, there's no difference between what he, the situation he's in and what Babcock was in. Babcock was uh, a free agent at his, at, as a coach. The only difference is Babcock could have signed for as much money as he wanted to. There is a cap on how much a, t- a player can make at the top end. So he can't go like $15 million or $20 million or whatever. There is a cap. And I think it's 11 or something or 11.5, but that's the it's most. Probably, can... I think it's around $11 million, yeah. I think. Um, that's know. the only difference between Babcock and uh, Stamkos. Yeah, and there's. There... Go ahead. Yeah, sorry, Ness. Um, Stamkos. You know, Eiserman's going to have to, um, you know, he's going to have to make a decision, and he's going to have to, he's going to have to offer him max money, you know, whatever that is, ten and a half, eleven million dollars, and he's has, and if he doesn't offer him that max money, then he's got a decision to make what to do with with Stamkos at the trade deadline, because you can't let him, you can't let somebody like that leave without getting some form of compensation, but. Uh, you know, it's kind of a jackpot. It's kind of a corner that that, that Iserman may may end up being backed into because Tampa Bay. You know, they they went to the they went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year, so there, there's huge expectations on them in terms of their potential. And uh, you know, they're not a bottom rung team. And they so have, you, they have Hedman to sign still, right? Too, and they've right? got Hedman to sign. You're going to sign because I think Stamkos knows, and I think his advisors know. Come July first, he's going he's going to get ten and a half, eleven million dollars. Wherever it may, if it's not Toronto, it's somewhere else. Yeah. And so Eiserman's got to make a decision between now and the trade deadline: is he going to sign Stamkos for that kind of door, or isn't he? Uh, 
And, and even if he does, his Stamkos is going to stay. Uh, interesting thing about uh, Steve Stamkos this year, he's got an itchy Twitter finger, as I call it. Uh, you know, there's, you know, he managed to push the like button on Twitter, and then, uh, and I think the comment was uh, something about going to Toronto, and he, he, he pushed the like button. So as, you know, I, I, I think whether that was, whether that was planned or an accident, uh, only Stephen Stamkos knows. But uh, Stephen, get a little bit more careful with your, with your thumb when you're, when you're yeah, exercising that's, that's, your Twitter that, account. That's the worst thing you can do. I mean, that, that announces it to the world, basically. Yeah. Right? So I, you know, I'll accept him at his word. It was, it was, a, it was an innocent uh, mistake. We all do it from time to time on, on, our, on our social media sites. You push the wrong button. Uh, it happens all the time. You send emails to people you're not, you don't want to send emails to. You Twitter. You like something you don't like to like. You, you, and then you've got to go back and delete this stuff. It happens to everybody. So certainly it can happen to him. Ooh. Anyways, we, I want to announce it's, uh, we've got some fantastic guests coming up this morning. Uh, the best. Two, I mean, it's been a great run for the Nazimali Sports Hour the last week. Um, you know, I managed to talk to Dave Keon, and we talked to Daryl Sittler in studio, and today, Marcel Dion and Ivan Cornway. Wow, it's not getting any better for us, Naz. No, talk Marcel, about Marcel is a great, uh, great guy, and he was a tremendous player. He was one of the best of all time. Seven hundred and thirty-one goals, fourth overall in goals in the NHL. That's how good he was, and uh, and Ivan Cornway, not uh, you know, not at the same point level, but certainly a superstar as well. And, and that uh, guy could skate. Oh, he Cornway. could skate like nobody. That's why you know the Road Runner. He got the nickname the Road Runner. He's one of my personal uh, heroes from when I was younger. And I'm telling you, you, you know, two Hall of Famers, two legends, two of the best uh, Quebecers ever produced hockey wise, and uh, we've got them both on the Nazimali Sports Hour this morning. What a what an incredible, uh, incredible uh, time it's going to be the rest of the show. And uh, we're just about to go to break before we're back with Marcel Dion. And it's time for our Pizzaville trivia question. If your fingers are near your phone lines, I will, uh, Naz will give out the question and then I'll give out the phone numbers. Uh, the uh, prize will be a $50 gift card at the, from the good people at Pizzaville. We certainly thank Angelo, Nella, and Stephanie at Pizzaville. We thank you for supporting our show. We're pleased to give away your $50 Pizzaville gift card. And Naz, please uh, give out the question, and I will then give out the numbers. Who tied Marcel Dion for fourth in all-time goals with 731 this past week? Was it A, Yaramir Yager, B, Daniel Sedin, C, Jerome McGinla? A, Yaramir Yager, B, Daniel Sedin, C, Jerome McGinla. Once again, those numbers are 416 Three six zero zero seven four zero toll free one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero once again four one six three six zero zero seven four zero one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero fifty dollar Pizzaville gift card who tied Marcel Dion this week in goals. Jaeger, where the other two, Ness? Sedin againla. Give us a call. We'll be right back after the break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville asked me to introduce their new fast dial number just for cell phones by singing it. Pound three six three six. No. Pound three six three six. No. Come on, baby. Pound three six three six. Ooh, ooh. Come on, baby. Pound three six three six. 
<laughs> That's got a ring to it. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, you can listen to Naz and Wally in stereo on 96.7 FM. Without further ado, we are pleased to have with us in a return appearance to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, one of the greats of all time in hockey history, a Hall of Famer, a legend, Marcel Dion. Good morning, Marcel. How are you? Good morning. Really well. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, Marcel, uh, tell us, our listeners, a little bit uh, what you're up to. We know that you're uh, operating a memorabilia shop down in Niagara Falls, and uh, you're uh, working uh, your ownership of various business interests. Please uh, please update our listeners and uh, up to what Marcel Dion is up to these days. <laughs> Actually, I love when you see me in memorabilia. It's a kind of, it's a 
It's a little complex a little bit, but it's a combination. It's, it's been my daughter started this about uh, 15 years ago when I was in Buffalo. And uh, it's about licensed uh, product, anything that uh, is related to sports. It's a blanket. It's a watch. It's a waste basket. It's uh, thousands and thousands of I- items that uh, uh, has grown over the years. So once I moved from Buffalo, I had to do a project and building some homes here in Niagara Falls, Ontario. So four years ago, my daughter, kids are, she uh, she asked me, Dad, what about a restaurant? You know, she would like to own a restaurant. I says, are you crazy, Lisa? <laughs> How tough restaurant business is and all that stuff. Well, make a long story short, uh, uh, I said, well, that could be, that could work if we combine uh, uh, the business I had with uh, which she was helping at, uh, with the restaurant. Well, uh, it's been, a, uh, I guess, a winning situation. So we have a, a restaurant combined with the memorabilia store, licensed product, as you call it, as I do other things, and it's called the Blue Line Diner. And we're uh, if you go on TripAdvisor, anybody goes on TripAdvisor, we're in a top uh, uh, top one, two, three, and uh, it's been like this for the last four years. So what don't expect to see my side, and it's um, it, it's big. Uh, uh, my side's got about 5,000 square feet, like I said. So people that are having breakfast and lunch, it close uh, around 2 o'clock, Opens at eight o'clock in the morning, and the people go shopping. And we have a lot of tourists, so sort of Chicago, Boston, Cleveland, uh, people from California. Hockey teams come in, so it's uh, truly a really nice experience. It's a little bit like a hall of fame, and and uh, we serve food and uh, gathering uh, uh, private parties and so on. So it's been very successful. As a matter of fact, I am on my way there this morning. Uh, Sunday is very very uh, busy day. It's the holidays, so uh, looking forward to have a coffee with the customers. That's very good. Marcel, uh, you were in the uh, – there was an article in the Toronto Star yesterday quoting you saying uh, the, the clarity of a signature, how clear signatures were back when you played in comparison to where athletes today, you can't even read what they're signing. <laughs> yeah, Can is. you talk about that? Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's uh, you've seen it uh, fade over the years. I can go as far as back in the 1930s and 40s where uh, uh, customers have brought me uh, items and uh, uh, letters of uh, players. And, and what I can tell you, it's just absolutely astonishing. Like, I always think, well, a woman that wrote this. No, they were guys. It was so clear and so perfect. It was just unbelievable. But as you read, uh, probably in the article uh, uh, from Frozen Pound, uh, Pond that uh, specialized in, uh, in autographs, uh, he, uh, he feels the same way. That uh, First of all, a lot of kids now that go to school don't learn how to write, which <laughs> is a shame because it's so important. And it's almost like doctors or professionals, they just give it that curl and, and so on. And to me, it's... I guess it, it is the way the way, but it's it's insulting that you have to pay seventy dollars, eighty dollars for an autograph that you cannot even read. And uh, I've learned this from the great uh, Rocket Richard. Uh, uh, Maurice would say, "Say, kid, what's what's this?" He says, "If you can't read this, he says, just don't do it." So uh, I see a lot of uh, things that come across my uh, uh, my, uh, my desk, and uh, it's. Uh, it's not very good. And and what happens, too, like I've seen at the card shows where some of the athletes issue up there and they just really don't make eye-to-eye contact with the customers and talk to them and how are you, so all those things. And uh, those are the things I learned. I learned from the greats uh, that I 
watched over the years, played against them, and I try to conduct it myself like that. But I'm telling you, it's uh, Jean Bellevue's signature. Uh, even Wayne Gretzky is very good. Uh, Bobby Orr. Uh, the rest is, as I call it, the zip code. It's uh, <laughs> very good. <laughs> and I don't know when he borrowed money from the bank, when he asked them to sign the, the forms, how the heck did they know it's the person that just wrote this? And it really bugs me. I was like, <laughs> Anyways, we're, we're talking to Marcel Dion, uh, Hall of Famer, uh, legend, hockey legend, one of the greats of all time. Uh, Marcel... Uh, we had Daryl Sittler on the show last Sunday. When we get one of the greats, uh, talk to Dave Keon. When we get one of the greats on our show, I always, always like to ask the question, uh, who was your role model when you were growing up in Drummondville, Quebec, and uh, when did you first realize that uh, you were going to make the NHL? Uh, for me, uh, they're going to tell you the same thing. It's uh, Daryl uh, a year older than me, and then we just started with six, uh, six teams, original six. So being born in Quebec for me was... Uh, an automatic shoe in uh, watching the Montreal Canadiens, and you didn't have like Hockey Night in Canada and and uh, Rogers TV and TSN, and you watch about a million games, you know. So he has one game a week, and we're lucky, and then the rest was on radio. So there's no doubt Jean Beliveau, uh was had a huge impact on me, but it didn't take me long to realize, uh, especially what you said when I, you know, went to the NHL, which. I didn't know until I was 18, 19 years old that I was really going to play there. That uh, he was the guy, but he was six foot four, <laughs> so I'm five foot seven and a half, and I'm shrinking. But my dad was a big man. My dad was six one, two forty, but solid. And I have a young brother the same same height. So, but uh, then I realized, well, you know what? Who are who are my heroes? And then uh, suddenly a guy like Davy Keon, you just you just talked about. Not a big guy, he was tall, but he's just the finesse, one of the greatest, smoothest skater ever. And a guy like uh, Yvonne Conway for the Canadians, Henry Richard. So then I questioned myself, how did he survive? How did he play so long? And uh, obviously it was with speed, uh, smartness. It wasn't a question to be physical, but uh, uh, be prepared to play against the, the bigger uh, bigger opponents. And um, so the, uh, I picked the right guys. <laughs> We're talking to Marcel Dion. Uh, Marcel, uh, I have to ask you, uh, you, uh, you came up through the ranks and uh, you came into the NHL uh, at the same time as another, another legend, uh, Guy Lafleur, and your careers were, to a certain extent, intertwined. Uh, and, of course, there was that infamous series uh, between St. Catharines and the Ramparts uh, where uh, it, it the series never, ever, ever finished. Um, did you uh, did you feel a rivalry with Guy Lafleur? How did uh, how did that feel to you, uh, having to compete against him and sort of being one two with him throughout your entire career? Well, the 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 best time actually was probably up to junior hockey. After that, once you turned pro, it was totally different. But uh, once we played Pee Wee and Bantam Midget, uh, we had a chance to play against each other. So it was not so much of a checking line out there and all that stuff, and the guys that grab you by the legs and hold your sweater and grab your stick, um, try to stop you from scoring. But, uh, you know, we just uh, we met so many times. Uh, we became good friends, and even we had a chance to play uh, for a short time in, in, uh, in New York. Uh, it was totally different. Uh, he went into an environment about success and winning cups, and I went into one where it was not there, you know, uh, um, management, lacking uh, coaches. We're not bad people. It's just not having 
having that thing, you know, like we well, just watched, just fired one uh, yesterday, I guess, from Pittsburgh. So yeah. it's always about the coaches, not the players, I guess. But uh, you still got to play. And I, I never had any problems with that. You still have to play. And uh, But I've seen a lot of coaches. So, uh, you know, he's a great guy. Uh, I like him very much. Uh, we have seen each other a lot over the years, played with the legends and uh, conducted himself accordingly what the rules are. He uh very good to the public. Um, you know, he uh, he understood his role in life. He's been in business, uh, a great representative and fun guy to be around. But uh, like I said, he uh, he was faced with uh, some of the greatest teams in the early 70s and the Montreal Canadiens and a great bunch of people. So that was fun for, for me. And then we played pro well. Then we never played against each other. I always had Bob Gainey and Guy Carbonell and <laughs> these guys, Doug, Dougie Jarvis, mm. and uh, we had our checkers playing him. So you never really truly see what is it one on one. It's like even when I played Wayne Gretzky, never played one one on one. So I always played the other guys. And it's the only thing I never really like about hockey uh, compared to other sports. When you're a hitter, you're a hitter in baseball. You're the best hitter. You beat the best pitcher. There's nobody in between, right? That's right. <laughs> uh, you're a quarterback. Hey, it's one-on-one. And uh, you play basketball. The star play against the star. So if there's one thing I really missed about our game, it's it was never truly said, well, you want to see how good you are? I'm going to show you how good I am. And it never happened. So you find out other ways to do it. So uh, I was at the game last night, uh, Sabres and um, Los Angeles, and you watch out there, and it's uh, there's not one single player. Oh, that call's going to be there, and I I really like NC Kopitar, but that was really dominating the game. In my time, we you saw that, and it's not that far off. But uh, it's a shame because fans went out there and see the stars, and now they're just really tough to find. <laughs> Marcel. The series against the Edmonton Oilers, I found that probably the second most bizarre finishes I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. I briefly described that series where you guys were down, I think, five goals and came back and won and tied it and won in overtime and then won the series. That was a major, major upset. What was the feeling like? Well, we had... Uh, it, it, it's ironic. I, uh, like I said, I was in La, Buffalo last night, and we talked about a, co- a couple things. Because the, the number one question I'm asked all the time, it's about scoring. They ask me about scoring goals. It's a 2-1 game. one nothing, 3-2. Look at the scores. The first game of that round, in those days, was 3 out of 5. The first game, listen to this, we won the game 10-8. to eight. Now, if you're a fan, that's fine. It's a nightmare for coaches. It's a nightmare for general managers. But if you're a fan of that game, you think you're not on a high all night. You're up and down. You're screaming. You're jumping. High fives. Now you're crying. You're upset. Well, the history tells you that the next game, that it's going to be tight. Well, the orders won overtime and Wayne Gretzky scored. I think it was 2-1 or 3-2 or something. Then a famous game, it's called... Miracle on Manchester, yeah. going back home, we are down down five nothing. Matter of fact, we could have been down ten nothing. Uh, Mariola uh, Lassard was a goalie at the time, and he's a yeah. He must have had a hundred breakaways. I remember that yeah, sort of spectacular. Well, yeah. we started and it was five one, five two in the third period. 
So I think the second goal was with uh, 12 minutes to go. And, you know, we felt like going in, in, into the, the last phase. Well, let's give it our try. Uh, we're not out of it. And let's try to bounce back, at least win this period. And we're going to see that Monday. Well, the rest is history. With a few seconds to go, we finally tie them. And, uh, wow, it's just, it's just it's incredible. So now we've got to come, come back for overtime. We're in the dressing room now, and, and, and Edmonton is not, uh, they were not happy. And they had their, their top lineup. They had their lineup that won four cups in a row, uh, except for a couple guys. And uh, Daryl Evans off the face-off, and it was the great Grand Fuhrer, um, which he works for the LA Kings. He's been broadcasting with them forever. Yeah. Uh, had a wicked shot right off the face-off. And uh, the rest is history. It was the funniest, the most exciting moment for a lot of our fans. A lot of the fans left left the game. And even the owner that sat beside us, he, he left after 5 <laughs> nothing. Took his limousine to uh, Palm Springs, up through the Palm Springs. And then that's when we got back after the second, third goal, he said to the driver, the driver asked him, do you want to go back? He says, nah, let's keep on driving. So he <laughs> ended up missing one of the greatest comeback of all time. So we ended up uh, winning. Uh, they beat us on the Monday. We flew together in the same plane. You know, like in the playoffs, players don't talk too much and all that stuff. There was no other flight, uh, the charter, that's all it was. Uh, so how we went, well, we said, let, let them on, let them in uh, on, on first. So I went and talked to Kevin Lowe, which I'm known as to say, it is, it is, let's act like professionals, and uh, we got to get there, and so on. And we're all dead, and uh, like I said, uh, we beat them uh, the following game and went on to play Vancouver. That was a great time. Great Marcel. time in my career. I'm reminded. I was not a big big part itself of uh, of. of uh, Offensively, uh, did my things and uh, did better uh, in Edmonton. But uh, I've got the tape, and I watch once in a while. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Marcel, listen, uh, our, our time has run short. Uh, we really appreciate you uh, coming on the show. In fact, uh, we're going to break, and we're coming back with uh, with Evan Cornway, another, uh, another hockey legend. We'll be talking to him as well this morning, and we'll certainly pass along your good wishes. We, uh, we once again thank you for joining us. Uh, certainly the next time I am in Niagara Falls, I'm going to come down, and we're going to come down and visit you. And uh, just, just before you talk to Ivan, yes. I've got to tell you this something. The first NHL autograph of a hockey player is from Ivan Cornway. And if you don't think it means anything in autograph, I still have it. You still have oh, your first wow. Yvonne Cornway. Absolutely. And I told her that. Then he chuckles at it. <laughs> uh, we will certainly, uh, we'll certainly uh, talk to him about that. Thank you so much. We, Thanks, we appreciate Marcel. it. Hope to see you soon, Marcel. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you very much. We'll see you at the diner. Thanks okay. so much. That, of course, was uh, Marcel Dion, and it's always a pleasure talking to him. He's... Uh, Certainly a uh, pleasure, to, pleasure to talk to and has got some great stories. And uh, hopefully next time we're down in Niagara Falls, Naz will go pay him a, pay him a visit at his... Uh, and his first autograph is Yvonne, Yvonne Cornway. Cornway. Anyways, wow. uh, with, without further ado, we better get to break because uh, we've got Yvonne Cornway right after the break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced their new fast dial number for cell phones. It's pound 3636 and you can dial it from anywhere. Want pizza at the park? Pound 3636. Wings by the water? Pound 3636. Ponzo combo at the cottage? Pound 3636. Salad at the... uh, Someone stop me. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. 
At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We are pleased to have with us now uh, Hall of Famer, one of the great, uh, one of the great Montreal Canadiens of all time, uh, one of the classiest gentlemen ever to have played in the NHL. We have Ivan Cornoyer. Good morning, Ivan. How are you? Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. We do, I don't know, uh, you're probably not aware, but just before you, we, uh, we had an interview with Marcel Dion, and he says hello. Okay. <laughs> and he also wants you to know that yeah. uh, the very first autograph that he ever obtained when he was uh, when he was a child was the, the autograph of Ivan Cornoyer. Yeah, and well, we come uh, from the same town, uh, Drummondville. It's about 80 miles from Montreal here. And um, so I think he have, we have both... Uh, in a Reynard to our name in Drummondville, so I think uh, uh, that's making me a little bit 
a little bit older than him. So. <laughs> well, we're all we're all pretty well in the same category, Van, because yeah. uh, you were you were also a personal hero of mine when I was growing up, and I'm old enough to remember you playing with the Montreal Junior Canadiens, not just the Montreal Canadiens. I remember going down to Maple Leaf Gardens on Sunday afternoons when the Junior Canadians would come into town and uh, against the Marlies and certainly have some very fond memories of you as a Montreal Junior Canadian also followed your career when you were with the, with the Canadians. So our memories go back a long way. We know you won 10 Stanley Cups, but uh, my, my most favorite memory of you, Yvonne, is that you are one of, uh, one of the two people in one of the most famous photographs in Canadian sports history, if not in Canadian history. You, of course... Had the uh, you were on the ice with Paul Henderson, and when Paul Henderson scored that goal, he jumped into your arms. And number twelve, uh, wearing the Team Canada sweater, was uh, was featured in, in in what I consider perhaps the the most famous photograph in Canadian sports history. Uh, well, I think so. Uh, you know, uh, uh, winning the Stanley Cup is a dream come true. So uh, when you're a kid and uh, you play for Montreal or Toronto. I think it's the first thing. It's what you want to do. It's win the Stanley Cup. First of all, play for the team, and uh, and make the team, and after win the cup. But 1972 was, was turned out to be like uh, unbelievable because we were supposed to win the eight games very easy, and uh, turned out to be they were very good hockey players and they have a very good goalie. So uh, I think we we miss uh, misinformed. Then they were very good. So it turned out to be uh, the last three minutes of the game, or last minute of the game almost, and um, to uh, find a winner. So I think uh, when Paul jumped in my arm and uh, I said, We did it, we did it. You know, I always said 72 for me was like my Olympic because I never had a chance to go to the Olympics because I was playing for the Montreal Canadiens and Canadian Junior. But um, that day, it's quite something when you put the swear and uh, you represent your country. And uh, I know I, I went 10 Stanley Cup with the Montreal Canadian, but um, when, when you put your, uh, your sweater and represent your country, I mean, uh, the pressure is so much higher. And, uh, you know, you, you feel very proud uh, when you do something, especially winning. Now I understand the guys uh, who go to the Olympics and wear uh, uh, our sweater on their, on their shoulder. Certainly, uh, we're talking to Ivan Cornway, Montreal Canadian legend. Ivan, there's a uh, couple of things I, I take away from that series. People, uh, I don't think, forget, but uh, the importance of Ivan Cornway in that series. You actually, uh, not that we forget, I certainly remember you scored the tying goal in that game, in Game 8, the fifth Canadian goal, and you were, you were playing with Phil Esposito, and uh, certainly I thought Phil Esposito was, uh, was the heart and soul of that team. But I go back to game two. I thought it was a turning point in the series. Uh, well, when, you, when, you blew, when you blew by the uh, <laughs> Russian defenseman in game two. I always said the second game was one of the, the, the biggest games for us because we just lost the first game very badly. And I think if we did not win the second game, we, we, we would have been worried what to do to beat them. But beating them... I mean, we know we, we, we can beat that team. So after that, it was just up to us to uh, get in shape and, uh, and uh, find our game. And, you know, don't forget, we cannot um, trade uh, three, four players every game and change the players all the time. We became to be one team in, in Russia, and um, now we, we saw a little bit of difference. 
when uh, you have the same guys play uh, play with uh, with us all the time. Ivan, uh, you followed Henry Richard as the Montreal Canadiens captain. What did it feel like being the captain of the Montreal Canadiens? Well, I think it's a it's it's a hell of an honor. I mean. Uh, uh, after you see all the Stanley Cup, the, the captain win, uh, Maurice, uh, and when I became uh, my first, uh, when I meet Montreal for the first time, I had Jean Bilibo as a captain. So, uh, I mean, uh, it's quite something, and I like that the way we did, we chose our captain this year. Uh, the players uh, have their, their word to say. I mean, uh, I remember our days, uh, that was not the team or the manager or choose the captain. That was the players who vote for your captain. So they know exactly what the guy can do. And not just on the ice, but I think uh, most important, it's out of the ice. Uh, when they have a little problem or the team is not going that well. And, you know, when the team's going well and you're winning, everything is, is rosy. You've got no problem. But uh, even ourselves, uh, the last, what, four games we lost, and the captain stand up yesterday, and uh, he played a hell of a game, a score a goal, and uh, he makes a difference. So the captain is very important. Ivan, uh, you, uh, I believe you've, you played for one team, Montreal Canadiens, in your whole career. There's not many players that do that uh, anymore. That must be a real good feeling for you, right? Well, I arrived at the forum. I was 17. I played for Kennedy Jr., and those days was like uh, Hamilton was Detroit, Toronto was uh, Marley's was Toronto, and uh, Niagara Falls was the Bruins. And uh, so that I play against the same guys most of the, my career, because after I graduated with the Montreal Canadian, I think in the same year that was Ron Ellis and Dennis Hall came and Ken Hodge and all those guys who were uh, Pete Marvich, who I play against them when I was junior. So. I was fortunate to play, uh, wear the same sweater all my career. I mean, uh, I don't think you're going to see that anymore. We're talking to Ivan Cornway. Ivan, uh, last week we spoke with uh, we spoke with Daryl Sittler and also spoke with uh, Dave Keon. And Dave Keon always uh, always refers back to the incredible rivalry that uh, that uh, Toronto and Montreal had, especially in the 1960s. Uh, and he thought uh, when we spoke to Dave Keon, his his, uh, his comment always was, uh, he he it was important to beat the Montreal Canadiens because that was the most important <laughs> thing in hockey. Uh, in the 1960s, was the did you sense that there was a special rivalry between between Montreal and Toronto? Well, uh, always. I mean, uh, you know, we're not that far, and don't forget. Uh, we only get six teams, and we see each other like maybe fourteen <laughs> times uh, during the year. So, but I think you know uh, we, we're pretty good guys. We let them win '67. <laughs> <laughs> so we <laughs> we say okay. Uh, I didn't know, but uh, I got to tell you, the game was fixed. So okay. we, we just we just say okay, you can win. And after that, well, we continue winning. But uh, no, that was that was a uh, that was a very good respect. So between the both team, I mean, uh, that was a that was a lot of pressure, and um, but the you know. I, I like the respect we had uh, between us because uh, we, we had both good teams, and uh, you know uh, Dave Keon, and that was a very nice, nice player and nice man too. So, um, and I like Johnny Bauer was uh, my favorite goalie <laughs> because uh, I have a little bit of hard time against him. He stopped me uh, my first game with a penalty shot, and after that, that was in my head a little bit. 
but uh, you know the, the respect was there, and uh, I don't mind the competition. But uh, that that was a very good time. You played under two absolutely tremendous coaches in Toe Blake and Scotty Bowman. Tell me a bit about both of them. Well, I think they both winner. I mean, uh, Toe Blake hit it goals again, and uh, he always repeat uh, when the season starts. If we win the Vizina Trophy, uh, we're going to finish first and, and win the Stanley Cup. So. And that's that's about that's about it. It, it happened, and Scotty was um, we he had a, a very very good team. Uh, we lost ten games in one season, and the season after that we lost eight games. But uh, to win that many games, I think you have to have a, a, a everybody's got to be good. The, the coach, the players, uh, the organization, and because it's so hard to to win all the time, and you see that today. I mean, Toronto did a lot of moving this year, and, uh, you know, it, it's going to take time, but maybe uh, they, they're going to come to be at the top. We're talking to Ivan Cornway, Montreal Canadian legend. Uh, one of the things that we've always said on the Nazawali Sports Hour is that uh, one of the differences between today and in previous times is the... Uh, you know the nicknames aren't what they used to be, and uh, certainly the players from uh, from way back seem to have uh, have more character in a, in a in a fun sort of way. And we just spoke to Marcel Dion, of course, who was the little beaver, and of course we have Ivan Cornway, who was the road runner. If there ever wasn't a more perfect nickname in professional sports than the road runner, uh, certainly that was the most perfect nickname because it described you perfectly Ivan. Oh, uh, I got I got the name in New York one afternoon I was scoring a few goals and and a guy from Sport Illustrated came in the room and he said, "See, today you were the roadrunner." So he put in the Sport Illustrated uh, the roadrunner scored two goals and nobody could touch him. So two weeks after I go there and I said, "You know what you did to me?" He said, "No." I said, "Now I got to skate fast the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I have no choice." So that was the that was the way the name in, it came and uh, it stick it stick for my ever. Ivan, uh, I idolized you so much. When I was younger. I t- I took on. I apologize, but I personally took on that nickname as well. And uh, some people. Oh, you're not the only one. Yeah. So uh, and I find when I, I yeah I find when I when I go on internet and try and use that, it's used by so many other people. So you you have a lot of people out there that uh, that liked you when they were growing up and uh, and have chosen to use that as a nickname as well. I want to go to a different area, Ivan. Uh, you did something. Uh, there's one one memory I have of you that you did something that very, very, very few hockey players I've ever seen do on the ice, which was um, you played right wing, but you shot left. Yeah. And I remember, I remember there were at times where you'd have the puck in a certain position that rather than using a backhand, you would actually switch hands and shoot the puck as a right-hander. Uh, is that a memory that I have correct? I can actually remember yeah, you doing uh, that in a... you're correct. It, it's happening. I was shooting. Um, my father had a machine shop, and um, I was there one, one day and, and put myself 10 steel puck uh, and about uh, between 5 and 16 ounces. And I was shooting on both ways, like 10 on one side, 10 on the other side. And I became to, to shoot, I don't know, I mean, both ways, because I was shooting all summer for uh, improve my shot. So I, I was practicing that, and the guy said, oh, I don't think you're going to score a goal like that ever or whatever. So I'm in Minnesota in the playoff, and uh, and switch end and shoot top corner and 
So after that, I went in front of the bench. I said to the guys, is it working or is not working? So uh, I switched in and uh, top corner. Certainly uh, brings back great memories. We have a very, very short amount of time left, uh, uh, Yvonne. And uh, just, yeah. I just want to go to one area that I know uh, uh, you have some tremendous memories. You gave, you gave an incredibly poignant and uh, inspiring eulogy for uh, a man that was admired by almost everybody in this country, uh, Jean Beliveau. And uh, I read that eulogy last night when I was uh, researching this, and it was, it, was, it was very powerful, it was simple, and I think it captured the essence of the man. And it was a, an incredibly fitting tribute at the end where uh, he, was, you, he was your captain and, uh, and you wished him a good voyage. Your, 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 your great memories of Jean Beliveau, uh, share them with us. Well, uh, I think uh, Jean, for me, uh, was almost like my father. He was uh, 13 years different. When I arrived, I was 20, and he was uh, 33. And, um, you know, uh, Jean Bilibou was, was quite a man, and uh, he was uh, my first captain. And I wanted to talk about Jean, uh, the man I knew. Uh, I, we all knew what, what he did on the ice and out of the ice. He did so much. And... Uh, I just want to talk about him as, as the man I knew and the captain I knew uh, when I was playing with him. Uh, I don't think it's, uh, you know, it's been a, a year, I think the 2nd of December. And I don't think there's a day uh, I don't think about Jar. I mean, uh, he, he, was, uh, he was somebody for me than, uh, than more than a hockey player. He was, uh, he was a nice guy. Anyways, we've been talking to Yvan Cornway. Yvan, um I've probably waited about 45 years to talk to you, and uh, it's certainly, I, you have no idea how much this, uh, this means to me and to, and to my partner here, Naz. We have incredibly fond memories of you. Uh, it's been an incredible week for us. Uh, we've had Dave Keon, Daryl Sittler, Marcel Dion, and Evan Cornway in the same week. I can't thank you enough, sir. Okay, and it's too bad it's only one guy who wins the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. You're right. You're absolutely right about that. Anyways, Ivan, uh, our time is running short. We'd love to. We'd love to okay. chat for a lot longer. We hope we can do this again. Uh, do this again at some point. And we wish you all the best. Uh, continued good health. And uh, the only thing we don't wish you is a Montreal Canadian victory when they're playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. No problem. I do the same thing. Thank okay, you so thanks, much, Ivan. Okay. Good luck to you guys. Eh? Thank you. I appreciate it. That of course was uh, Ivan Cornway. Man, we've had a yeah. Keon won a cup though. I just yeah. wanted to make a <laughs> but uh, before we get calls all over the place, oh, Dave Keon won a cup. Yeah. Yes, Dave Keon won a few cups. Yeah, we've got a few minutes left, and certainly Naz. You know, uh, I mean, how, how do you find four classier guys than Dave Keon, Daryl Sittler, Marcel Dion, and Ivan Cornway? Wow, well, Cornway. You know, like he wore a sw- Montreal Canadian sweater his whole career. Not not going to happen. Number twelve, very, very ten, nice, yeah. ten Stanley Cups. Yeah, not going to happen. Yeah, you no, know. That, that that I mean, these these are things because of the changing economics, because of the changing uh, NHL world. Uh, that's never. It's not even going to get close. I mean, uh, I I can't possibly. I mean, what would be the max? I mean, Taves has got three. Kane has got three. Uh, what are these guys going to max out? I mean, to, to you know, to win. You go five, maybe. Five, maybe. maybe. You know, maybe. Maybe. But ten. Jean Beliveau, 10. Uh, Ivan Cornway, 10. Um, Henri Richard, 11. Montreal Canadiens have a great tradition, though. 
They you know? are. Uh, the yeah, and going going back, you know, you, you, you know, you, you 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 hit you hit the nail on the head in terms of tradition. And the Montreal Canadiens have an incredible tradition, but they also know how to seize the moment at times. And we talked, and I I want to go back to this because I'm not going to let go of this one. I'm not going. You're going to, you know, listeners, if you're listening, you're going to keep hearing this from 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 Wally, and you're going to keep hearing this from Naz until it happens. Okay, the 2017. It's the hundredth anniversary of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, and if there's anybody out there from MLS MLSC listening, let me tell you what our listeners want to see. This is what our listeners want to see, and you can back me up on this, Naz, yep. when the time comes. This is what our listeners want to see. We want to see David Michael Keon on, Le- on Legends Row. And if it's not going to happen in 2016, we want to see it happen in 2017. Celebrate the properly, the 100th anniversary of, of, of an incredible sports franchise, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we want to see all those sweaters that have been honored, we want to see them retired. I, I want to see on the ice at the Air Canada Centre, I want to see David Keon, I want to see Boria Salming, I want to see Matt Sundin, I want to see Johnny Bauer, we wish him the best of health. Uh, all those greats, Frank Mahovlich, Daryl Sittler, you rhyme off as many more as you want, Naz. I want to see those sweaters properly retired. And that's what the, that's what the listeners of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour want to, want to see, Naz. That's for sure. You look at Montreal, they've retired all these sweaters, and they don't have a problem with it. As a matter of fact, it, they, it's so well done when Montreal does it. It's an, it's, it's an embarrassment to the Leafs, really. You know, and they have, they have a perfect opportunity next year to set, things, to set things, to do the right thing, in my opinion. You know, I'm sure they have, they have their own opinion about how they want to do things. They have a policy that they don't retire sweaters, that they honor sweaters, and that's why they're not going to pick and choose, saying we're going to, we're going to retire David Keon's sweater, but we're just going to leave the other ones honored. I, you know, I get that. You don't want to make exceptions. But uh, you know what? Maybe, maybe the policy's wrong. Maybe it needs to be changed. Maybe it needs it to be rethought. Maybe, maybe the fans need to be asked what they want. Uh, and, the sentiment, and I know you're a big – Naz, I know you, you're on social media quite a bit, more, more than I am. Yeah. And, and you've posted, you've posted on, on Facebook and, and in different – on Leafs Nation and on, on different social media sites. You've posted your thoughts. What, what reaction do you get? Oh, it's 100% positive that the Leafs should do, do that and change that for sure. Uh, I want to bring up, because I, I promised I would bring up the Dion Phaneuf situation, okay. and this may tie in a little bit here. I have never seen a Leaf player be criticized like this guy, even still today. And he's having a really good season this year. He's, they've limited his ice time. And are you saying the rather- fans are being unfair to Dion Phaneuf? Uh, Come on, yes, ask. now, yes, now. You tell me. I lay, lay it out there. Are the fans unfair to Dion Phaneuf? Yes, they are. The, the criticism is really heavy. It's really heavy. Like, they had this uh, sh- uh, uh, store. I'm not going to mention the, the store, but they brought Dion Phaneuf in. And there were comments about him that I can't even repeat on the air. They were so bad. I've never seen an athlete go through this. And that's, you know, that's and how some- does he do it? Uh, yeah, he's probably got a pretty thick skin, and he avoids a lot of stuff. But that's you know what that that's something about Toronto Maple Leaf fans, man. When they turn on you, they turn on you. I mean, remember Larry Murphy? 
Yeah, they turned them. Not like this, though. You know, Larry Murphy was a Hall of Fame defenseman. Yeah. Was, I got that right. He was. He's in the Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, he was a Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame defenseman. And Dion Phaneuf will never be a Hall of Fame defenseman. No, but Larry Murphy was a Hall of Fame defenseman. The fans basically ran him out of town because they have they have expectations that they're going to be at, at a certain level. And, you know, Dion Phaneuf is a good defenseman. He's not a great defenseman. But under the Babcock regime, he's playing a lot better. And unfortunately, in mid-sentence, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, going to have to terminate. Uh, getting the cutoff signal from our great producer Sebastian. Sebastian, thank you for the for the hand signals. Christmas special next week. Christmas uh, special next week. Anyways, time once again on the Nazawali Sports Hour has come to its conclusion. We want to wish our listeners a fantastic week, and we will be back again here next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. on the Nazawali Sports Hour. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.